For some people, waking up in the morning is one of the hardest things to do. Some people stay up way too late. Some people deal with anxiety in the morning. Some people don't look forward to the day ahead. And for Colin, it was all of the above. Each night, he struggled to go to sleep, finding little solace with each passing day. He felt like a hollow shell, blindly walking through empty days. It had been weeks since the last time he'd cleaned his room, let alone cleaned up anything. Most nights, he would come home, and toss his clothes onto the floor. There are a few open areas, like little lily pads strewn about on a pond for a frog to hop across. In the bathroom, the mirror was blurry with dust, dried water droplets, and smudge marks. Colin didn't mind. He'd rather not look straight at himself anyway. In the cup on the faucet sat two toothbrushes, one of which had not been used in months. It lingered there, collecting dust and moisture. Small lines of mold had begun to grow in the little grooves on the handle. In the kitchen, mountains of dishes could be found in the sink and on top of the stove, each sporting layers of cooked-on grease. Over on the counter laid empty pizza boxes, meatball subcontainers, McDonald's bags, and various other to-go packages. On top of all the garbage were paper plates, bowls, and cups. Colin grabbed a bowl and opened the utensil drawer. He looked inside to see there were no utensils. Colin reached into the mountain of dollar store ceramic dishes and found a spoon to rinse off. He searched above the refrigerator to grab a half-empty box of Honey Nut Cheerios. Inside the refrigerator, he retrieved the gallon of milk. Colin read the expiration date. Two days passed. He opened it up to smell the contents of the gallon. Not noticing anything out of the ordinary, he proceeded to pour the milk into his bowl of Cheerios. He trudged his way to his living room, placing the cereal on his coffee table and snatching the television remote. The news popped on. Colin reached for his phone in his pocket to aimlessly scroll Facebook and Instagram as he did every morning, but it was nowhere to be found. He looked around to find no phone in sight. He got up to go search for his phone. As he leaves, the program continues. We are coming to you live about the historical supervolcanic event which started several hours ago. What started out as unpredicted volcanic activity in the Phlegrean fields near Naples, Italy, has spread to other areas. The activity has already leveled towns and cities worldwide. Millions of people have been killed, with many more displaced. Scientists believe this phenomena is far from over, with predictions of more earthquakes reaching magnitudes of 6.8 and greater. Seismologists have no idea what has triggered this activity, but what is certain is that the effects are, and will continue to be, catastrophic. 
Many of us have asked ourselves, if we knew the world was about to end, how would we spend our last day? Would you call your parents? Make amends with an old enemy? Call up your best friend? For Colin, none of these questions crossed his mind. The only thing rushing through his mind was one particular conversation, one that he had been trying to forget for months. I don't know if I can keep doing this. I knew the distance was gonna be tough, but this is worse than I thought. Kat, we, we started our relationship at a distance. This isn't a death sentence. It's not the same. You can't keep saying that we started at a distance. That doesn't matter. Come on, we knew distance was eventually going to be an issue again. We agreed we were going to work on it. I know, and I'm trying, but that doesn't mean that this isn't hard. You know me. I'm the kind of person who needs to be with my partner. Too many things are changing, and I don't know how to handle it. Colin, I'm, I'm scared. I know. I am too. I love you. I love you too. It had been a while since Colin revisited this conversation. However, right after they happened, it felt like it was tattooed in his mind. People say that they see their lives flash before their eyes in their final moments, reliving core memories which shaped them. Birthdays, holidays, victories, losses, regrets. In Colin's mind, he only saw Catherine, the one that got away. What do you want? I don't know. This isn't the first time we've had this discussion, and it's been happening more and more recently. I think you know what you need, but you're afraid to do it. And I know what you need, but I don't want to let go. If you knew you were living your last few moments, wouldn't you try to make things right? That's all that was on Colin's mind. It had been months since Colin and Catherine had talked, let alone seen each other. Yet everything that Colin had done since was influenced by their time together. Never had he ever met someone who had such an impact on him, an impact he couldn't let go of. This is never what I wanted. <laughs> Please, don't let us do this. Can't we just keep loving each other? Is what Colin wished he had said. He wished he said something that would have made her stay. Instead... So, is this it? <laughs> this was never supposed to happen this way. Colin was surprised how quiet the roads had been so far. Though he hadn't gotten too far away from his neighborhood yet, he figured that everyone would be freaking out. He would have thought that more families would be rushing into their cars, packing up the families, and trying to get somewhere safe. However, it looked as though everything remained untouched. He only witnessed a few of those, but he figured there would be more. Perhaps more people just stayed settled inside, surrounded by loved ones, making the most of the final moments. Maybe they were calling loved ones far away. Perhaps parents were trying not to worry their kids. Colin couldn't help but think of scenes from the movie Titanic. He remembered the scene where the mother tucked her kids in to sleep, trying to keep them calm while she knew there was little hope. 
He also thought of the scene with the elderly couple, refusing to leave each other's sides, neither wanting to live without the other. And that's what Colin wanted. He needed to see Catherine. Despite the time that had passed, his heart still drew him back to her. That was the only place he felt he belonged. There had been so many things he wished he could say to her again. He wished he could apologize for all that had happened. None of that mattered now. All he wanted was to see her one last time, and if he were lucky, hold her in his arms. Many nights, he wished he could let her go. He tried not to love her, but he couldn't. As Colin drove towards the outskirts of his neighborhood, he glanced over at the park. It was dead quiet besides what looked like an elderly couple sitting on a bench overlooking the bank of the pond. They just sat there. It didn't look like they were talking or anything. All Colin could see as he passed was the woman's white hair resting upon the overcoat of the gentleman. They had nowhere else to be but there with each other. Colin recalled times he would take Catherine to that park for walks, picnics, and late night talks. What'd I tell you? Great place, right? I'll admit, you do choose some nice spots. It's been a while since we've been able to have a weekend like this. I'm glad I could steal you away for a bit, you workaholic. <laughs> I don't assign the work. I just get it done. And it's not like you've had all the free time in the world lately, not since you started working at the animal shelter. Hey, I started a few weeks ago. You've had this job for several months. Even still, I have more time than you. Touche. But how can I not take advantage of a day like this? The sun is shining, the birds are chirping. Oh, it feels like absolutely everything is right with the world. <laughs> You're such a dork. Yeah, but you love that. I do. <laughs> hey, let's take a seat over here. I want to show you the spot. Okay. <sighs> Ain't it gorgeous? I love coming here. It feels like time just stops whenever I visit. I feel like I'm constantly on the go and hardly get a chance to smell the roses, so anytime I can escape here, I take advantage of it. Actually, this is one of the first times in a while that I've come during the day. Most of the time I'll come around midnight just to stroll. It's so still then. There's a purity to the night that's hard to explain. It's peaceful. During the day, I feel like I'm bending every which way, doing all different things, but then when I come here, it's like the whole rest of the world ain't there. I could sit here for hours. You know, when we started talking, I would sit on this park bench when we'd have those late night phone calls. Aw, that's so adorable. It's a gorgeous park. It reminds me of this one park that I had back home. We would all go down as a family and we would bring feed for the ducks. There was this one time when I was really little that this family of ducks took a liking to me. A couple of the little ducklings would follow me around even when I walked away from the pond. They were just so cute. I wanted to take them home so bad. <laughs> I can see your folks appreciating that. Oh, I begged my dad to let me take them home. I had it all planned out. I would use our little blow-up pool and fill that with water, and I could build a little nest within an old cardboard box, and all of this would be in my room, so it was just me taking care of them. They were just so cute. <laughs> you really thought that through. I was ready to be a proud mother duck. I would have treated them so well. I know you would have, but how do you think they would have fared with the dogs? And that's what dad said. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think Ruby and Lady would have appreciated them at the time. They were still getting used to each other. Yeah, I bet. Well, that looks like a good one. What are you doing? I'm looking for rocks to skip. Back home, growing up by the river, I would go down and skip rocks for hours. Can you show me? You've never skipped rocks before? 
I've tried, but I can never figure it out. All right, let's do this. I got a couple of good rocks here for you. We'll start with these. All right, so a lot of people think it's more in the arm, but it's mostly in the wrist. Essentially, you give a good flick of the wrist when you stop your arm. Here, I'll show you. Impressive. Seven skips. All right, your turn. Oops. <laughs> it's all good. Here, I'll guide you through the motions. Now, when you stop here, you'd flick your wrist. Is this your equivalent to that cliche mini golf move? Maybe. Is it working? All right, you got the motion. Try it again. Hey, three skips, that's awesome. Oh wow, there's a deer over there. Oh my gosh, where? Right over there. Oh, it looks like a baby. I'm going to say hi. Wait, what? I know animals are your thing, but it's still a wild deer. It just doesn't seem right. Take it easy. We would get deer all the time in our garden back home. I would go out and feed the little fawns sometimes. A couple of them would even let me pet them. Okay, but this ain't one of those deer. I, I don't know. I wouldn't do it if I were you. Hey there, little guy. It's okay. You're a cutie, aren't you? You want some berries? I'll get you some berries. Oh, you're such a sweetheart, aren't you? There you go. It's okay, you can take them. <laughs> it tickles. It's okay. You're good. Well, I'll be damned. I always knew you were a Disney princess, but this practically confirms it. Colin couldn't help but grin again as he remembered the goofy smile on his face watching her feed the deer. He always admired how pure Catherine's heart was. He knew that she hadn't always had it easy, and she had gone through enough in the past, yet she always remained on top. She always maintained this purity to her that couldn't be altered. It was too good to be true. Colin felt that often. At times, he would try to look for flaws in her, any ounce of darkness, but there were hardly any to find. What he saw was what he got, and he felt that he took advantage of that. Looking back at the park, now getting smaller in his rearview mirror, he admits to himself that he had no idea how good he had it with her. She was more than he could ask for. Colin pulled up to a red light. He wondered if it's even worth following the rules of the road, considering the circumstances. Another car pulled up beside him on his right. The car looked like it could have been driven right off the lot. It was spotless and stuck out like a sore thumb in the suburban environment. He took a look to see the driver of the car furiously yelling into a cell phone. The man's hair was all messy, as if he'd been pulling at it. Colin could imagine that normally it was well slicked and parted on the side, but not that day. The driver kept tugging at the tie around his neck as if he were trying to loosen a noose. His buttoned-up shirt was stained with armpit sweat and what Colin would assume was a coffee stain in the center. Colin was entranced by the driver. What could he possibly be ranting about over the phone? Whatever business he had up to this point, it didn't matter now. The end of the world really equalizes everyone, Colin thought. The day prior, this man was probably very successful in his field. Given the beautiful car and nice clothes, Colin pictured this man as a lawyer, banker, or some other kind of high-powered, white-collar socialite. Today, Colin thought, none of that success mattered. Just like many of the cities that Colin had heard about on the news, everything this driver built had come crumbling down. Did he have a family? Was that who he was talking to on the phone? Or was he still discussing business? 
Could this man get over himself for a few moments to take in the gravity of the events surrounding him? Or was he still imprisoned by the little world he had created for himself? Colin searched his car to see if there were any stickers, decorations, toys, anything to show there was more to this man than just business. Nothing. The car looked pristine, as if the leathered seats had never been sat on by another soul. Colin proceeded to focus on the driver, his left hand gripping the steering wheel. He was not wearing a ring or any jewelry for that matter. The driver looked over at Colin. His eyes widened even further in rage and it looked like he began yelling at Colin for staring. The driver honked a couple times, flipped Colin off and accelerated into the intersection. A large truck plowed through the car's beautiful exterior, spinning it out of control. The car looked more like a spinning top than an automobile. The truck kept moving through it as if it were a sad piece of roadkill. The truck continued down the street as the car stopped turning. Colin was dumbfounded by what he had just watched. He felt like time slowed down and that he was in a trance as the car pulled out into the center of the intersection and was mowed down. Colin unbuckled and got out of his car. He rushed over to the once pristine vehicle, watching out for the shattered glass on the ground. He could hear other cars coming to a halt behind him, curious to observe the scene. Colin heard a crunch from below him. He stopped for a moment to notice he stepped on a crushed smartphone. As Colin got to the driver's door, he saw that the majority of the windows had been shattered. In the driver's seat, the man lay lifeless with his eyes open and his head cocked to the side. Blood ran down from his forehead as his torso was covered in glass. In his neck and chest, it looked as if tiny shards had made their way into the man's flesh. Folders and papers were scattered all over the car, with the ones closest to the driver stained with red. Colin stood there for a moment. He did not touch the man or do anything to see if he was still alive. It was obvious that he was gone. There was nothing more that could be done. Shaking, Colin walked back to his car. By this point, several other people got out of their cars to see what was going on. A woman to Colin's left was hyperventilating and crying. Another person on his right was trying to call a paramedic. Colin did not address any of them and walked back into his car, buckled up, and continued to drive on. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. I greatly appreciate you taking a moment to answer my questions. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Nah, I've been there myself. Trust me, just the other day, uh... Surprise. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> just the other day I was hit with two meetings out of the blue, so I totally get what you're saying. I'm... Yes, thank you. You as well. Have a good day now. Alright, bye-bye. <laughs> what are you doing here? I was able to get out a little early today. I even got you a peach iced tea. Oh my god, I love you so much. <sighs> That's exactly what I needed. Thank you. You're welcome. Love you. I thought this was perfect because I remember you said you had a late day today, and since I got out early, I was wondering if we could grab a quick meal and eat it at the park. <sighs> I, I would love to, but some things came up. Amanda had to reschedule her meeting from this morning to this afternoon, and then Penn asked me to help him get some stuff together for the event this Saturday. I'm sorry, this day just filled up. I don't think I can go. It's okay. 
I understand. How about we save that for dinner then? We could head over to the pizza place by the park. You can get your broccoli tomato slice and I'll get my square. Yeah, uh, pizza sounds good, but I'm not sure if we can take it in the park. Because uh, of the meeting now, I won't have the time to finish up the report for tomorrow. So I'm going to have to take it home with me tonight. I'm not sure if I can break away to chill in the park tonight, but um, I most likely will have to work through dinner. But pizza still sounds good. Oh, okay. You'll need time to eat it, though. Can't you spare half an hour? I don't know. I just don't want to get sidetracked for too long and then spend more time there than we thought, and then it gets late all of a sudden, and then I'll be up all night putting the report together. I don't know, babe. Not this time. Maybe this weekend. You said that last weekend. I... I know. Things have been more hectic than I was expecting. I thought this one deal was going to close much easier than it has been. But it turns out it's been a huge pain in my ass. I can't control all these meetings. Trust me, if it were up to me, I'd be walking out this door right now with you cuddling on a park bench. Unfortunately, time isn't a luxury I possess at the moment. That's fine. I get it. Um, here, I can order the pizza before you're home, so you don't have to worry about picking it up. You would do that? Oh, sweetheart, thank you. That would make things easier for me tonight. I appreciate it. And I'm telling you, this weekend, Sunday, Sunday, we'll spend an afternoon in the park or anywhere else you want to go. I'll make it up to you. I promise. Colin never did take her out that weekend, nor the weekend after. Something always kept creeping up that took his attention away. I'll make it up to you, I promise. He found himself saying that more and more as time went on. Luckily for Colin, Catherine was a patient and loving young woman. She understood that Colin had a lot on his plate. Though disappointed about plans not coming together, she believed in Colin. Colin, on the other hand, had guilt welling up inside of him. Though Catherine showed nothing but patience, Colin couldn't help but think of the grief he was putting her through. Colin would constantly beat himself up, telling himself that she deserves someone who could actually be there for her. As more and more time slipped away from them, he grew to believe that she deserved much better than him. His guilt consumed him. Even in the moments they could share together, he was plagued with a feeling of dread that she was harboring animosity against him. She never was, though. Yes, they had conversations about not getting to see each other, but it always came from a place of love. Anytime Catherine would bring it up, she would talk about how much she missed him. Colin would always come back and say that he was doing this all for the two of them. As he was driving down a more and more hectic street, Colin saw that the job and the money meant nothing to her. She loved him for who he was, not for any pay stuff that came in. All she wanted was to spend some time. And that was the thought racing through Colin's head as he was racing down the street. As Colin drove further into town, the scene got progressively more chaotic. Several times, Colin had come close to being in a collision. People were walking and running into the street without a care. Cars were piling up all around him as people were showing signs of hysteria. As he drove through Main Street, storefronts had been smashed in. People were looting businesses. What was the point of that, Colin wondered. Where were they to go, and what were these looters to do with their stolen treasures? You can't run from the inevitable. The one thing that we all share as humans is that, eventually, we die. 
Yet, how each individual approaches it is different. Colin observed as numerous folks were reverting to their primal instincts as they tore through the town. At this point, the destruction was not caused by any tremors or any natural disaster. It was the effect of man. Colin always hated traffic, especially in areas he wasn't used to. Colin practically knew this street like the back of his hand, but that day, it felt like no place he had ever been. Bobbing and weaving through crowds of raving savages did not make driving this time any easier. Honking the horn, yelling at people, and swerving in every which way, Colin was getting more and more aggravated. Colin had always exhibited behaviors of road rage. Never up until now did he feel that he had anywhere more important to be. Babe. Babe, are you all right? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. You know how I feel about driving in areas I'm not used to. I know, but it's okay. We're about 45 minutes out from my parents' place. And besides, my mom will have everything set for dinner whenever we get there. Yeah, I know. It's, it's fine. You know, I just get tense. It's okay, Colin. You're doing fine. Thanks, Kat. So what does your phone say? Uh, when do we have an exit coming up? Uh, actually, in less than two miles. Less than two miles? Are you kidding me? I wish I knew that sooner. I'm blocked in. I'm sorry. Damn it. Nobody's letting me merge into the right lane. Damn it. Come on. I'll screw you two, buddy. Where the hell do you think you're going that's so important? It's OK, baby. Just calm down. Give me a second. God damn it. Come on. Got my turn signal on. Can any of you are they giving licenses to the blind now? Baby. Come on, come on, come on, let me in, let me in, let me in. Okay, you know what? Screw you two! Crap! I'm not gonna make it. It's okay, hun. Just merge. I'm trying! But everyone is speeding like maniacs! Damn it! Damn it! Damn God damn it, we missed it! Colin, it's okay. There will be another exit. See? It's rerouting. Okay, so this adds another 20 minutes to the drive, but there's another exit we can take. Another 20 minutes? You gotta be kidding me. We've been driving enough as it is. Damn it. Where's this exit? Another eight miles. Okay. I feel like you're mad at me. <sighs> oh, babe. No, 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 no. Oh, God. I'm sorry, Kat. You know how I get on the road. I, no, it's not my best side. I just want to get to your parents' house safely, but also timely, and... <clears throat> I'm sorry. I, I don't like this side of you. There was this one time that my mom got really upset about something at work while driving my brothers and I. She wasn't paying attention and drove into the middle of the intersection. We were T-boned by an incoming car. Thankfully, my brothers and I got out of it with minimal injuries, but my mom was in the hospital for a while, and it was terrifying, and, and seeing this from you worries me. You never told me that. I never knew how. I'm sorry. You know we're good. I'm not mad at you by any means. Driving in unfamiliar places just gets to me, and... I'm only so concerned because I want to keep you safe. 
I've told you, when I'm by myself, I tend to speed a bit more and be a little more assertive. I don't like hearing that either, exactly. Especially since you got two tickets in the past four months. I know. Which is why I've been trying to be better. You mean a lot to me, and I'm not going to let any idiot driver do anything to you. And I'm not going to be that idiot driver either. I swear, once we get to your parents' house, all this tension will release. And I'll be better. Are we okay? Yeah, we're okay. The exit is coming up real soon. Thank you, baby. This has been The End of Us, Part 1. Written by Connor Walsh. Narrated by Stefan Feibel. Colin portrayed by Connor Walsh. Catherine portrayed by Shannon O'Hara. Additional voices by Harrison Mark. Produced and sound designed by Connor Walsh. Additional sound effects provided by freesound.org. To become a patron and support this channel, go to patreon.com slash Co. Co. presents Tales from the Black Box, an anthology series.